In today's episode, we're going to talk about eight lessons that I learned from recording as a band leader. Hopefully, these pointers help you too. You're listening to Behind the Note Podcast, brought to you by a musician for musicians. Here, you will get advice toward a successful music career. This show is made to educate, inspire, motivate, and empower. Now, here is your host, Chris Davis. Hello, everybody. Thank you for pressing play today. We have a great show for you today. I've already let you know we're going to talk about the lessons I learned from recording as a band leader, and they are in no particular order. And I also like to remind you that this is by no means an exhaustive list. So if you have any more tips that you would like to add, I've joined Twitter so you can interact with me there. At Behind the Note is my handle. So let's get right into the content. Lesson number one, plan it to make it real. This is something that I recently learned. But when I thought about plan it to make it real, it just made sense. I already learned the lesson without realizing that I learned the lesson. So when it came to recording, many of us intend to do things for years that we don't end up doing. We just put off. We procrastinate. And a week turns into a month, turns into a year, turns into another year. And sometimes we don't even get things done. Finally, that happened to me. But I had to make a date on the calendar. I got tired of waiting I was putting things off for no good reason. So I picked a date on the calendar and I said, this is going to be the date of the recording session. And I had not asked anybody else about the date. I just had to decide on the date and then make it happen. So after I chose the date on the calendar, my first call. Now, I'm not saying this is the right way to do things, but this is just what I did. My first call was to the recording engineer to find out if he had the date available and it was just my luck that he did have the date available I, I planned it a few months ahead of time so that worked out in my favor and of course the next thing I did was to get confirmation from my other bandmates to make sure they were able to play as well on that date and on that note I discovered over time that in general especially when you're talking about dealing with musicians, most people want to help you. They want to be able to play music with you and help you out. So getting the musicians really wasn't a challenge at all. I just called the people I always perform with. And on that note, plan it to make it real. Sometimes you just need outside forces of accountability. That's required because like I said a few seconds ago, It's easy to procrastinate and put things off and then you eventually, actually there is no eventually, you don't get things done. So when you put things on the calendar, then you reach out to others and you tell them, hey, this is what I want to do. Are you available? That makes you accountable because you need to keep your name clean. So you don't want to tell people you're going to do something and then they save the date for you. And then you're and then they're intending on getting paid for the date. And then you call everything off. You can't do that to people. And maybe once. But then if you do it twice and three times, that's a bad habit. And we start to get into the character. Uh, so we just don't do that thing. So we're talking about being honest here. So planning things 
to make it real is just that. So in your planning, make sure you have things in order. As far as how are you going to raise money? Are you just going to get another job to raise more money? Are you going to do some crowdfunding campaigns? Are you going to seek out some investors? Whatever your plan is, make sure that you have a plan and that you're able to execute it. Lesson number two, have a backup plan. Hopefully, there will be no need for your backup plan, but it's great to have a backup plan. So when you have backup musicians, you need uh, backup dates to record just in case, backup instruments, a backup place to record. Just have a backup plan. And unfortunately, I am giving these tips from my experiences because I had some bad experiences. Uh, The first thing that happened is that my instrument actually broke while I was recording. And I never had any issues ever with my instrument not being in good performance shape. And then all of a sudden, it, it, it happened like right there. So, you know, sometimes you don't want bad things to happen, but I'm suggesting that you plan for th- plan for a backup just in case. Also, something else that happened was I was looking for a piano player the day before my session. And I won't get into the details of that because I want to be respectful um, on this platform. But sometimes things come up and you might have to be in that situation. So this is the reason why I'm suggesting to have a backup plan. I know it might sound a little extreme uh, what I'm what I'm saying here, but from my experiences, it's better to have a backup plan. Lesson number three, have musicians that you can trust. Now, there are two levels to this. First of all, on a personal level. So as I just stated, you don't want to have to use your backup plan and call in musicians on the last last minute. So you need musicians that you can trust on a personal level. And hopefully by the time you're ready to record, that part has already been established. So the next part of having musicians that you can trust is on the musical level. Now, as the leader, you need to have great vision for the direction of your music. Hopefully that's already established. And on the second part of that, you need to trust your vision and trust the trust the musicianship of the people you, you have surrounded yourself with. So on that note, allow the musicians to be themselves. Let them add their personal flavor to the music. This is what makes the music come alive. Trust in their abilities. Trust in their experiences. Trust that they want to sound the best for the sake of sounding their best. Their name is going to be on the album too. Even though you might be the leader, their name is also going to be on the album. They're going to say, hey, who was that playing that saxophone? Who was that playing that drum set? And they want to be able to sound their best. So there is some personal interest here for them to sound their best. And trust in their ability, trust in their professionalism, trust in their musicianship. There is a time that you need to make your vision clear. There are occasions when you're going to have to say, try this instead of that. I was thinking this direction. I was thinking about going right instead of going left. There will be times you'll have to do that. But try to do that up front and and then trust that they understand what your vision is and then just allow them to work the way that they work. Uh, From my experience, this is the way things come out sounding the best. 
Let's go back to two examples that we had previously on the show. Ulysses Owens Jr. and Near Felder both won Grammy Awards as sidemen in both instances. Near won with Ter- Terry Lynn Carrington and Ulysses won with Christian McBride. And we talked about those experiences. And in both cases, they both said that the band leader laid the vision out ahead of time and they made it very clear. But after that, they were able to be themselves and expand and stretch the way they normally do when they play music. Lesson number four, plan your day and know your priorities. So know the number of takes you intend to take. Now, sometimes I understand that you just simply are able to do things in one take, and that's fine. Or sometimes you might have to take more takes than required. However, go in ahead of time with the plan of the number of takes you want. Know ahead of time when you're going to take your breaks. Know when lunchtime is going to be. Know when you're going to listen back to tracks. Know what your primary concern for recording is for that day. Which songs should be first? Know which songs should be first. Should you lose time, what's important to you? Plan your day. Know your priorities so that you respect the time of everybody else that's working with you. I believe I did this pretty well, but I did make some mistakes when I was recording. One thing is I didn't plan lunchtime. And I knew we would eat, but I just simply didn't plan exactly when we were going to eat. And that was a problem because it it actually became some slight distraction. I mean, nobody really said anything initially, but then it was like, hey, man, uh, can we take a break? <laughs> so as a leader, sometimes you can just get so focused on what you're trying to accomplish and you forget, oh, yeah, it's time to eat. So little things like that. So if you plan ahead and stick to it, that'll help everything loosen up a little bit. And something else I said about planning a time to listen back to your tracks. So I didn't do that. And that's something that I will do differently next time. I didn't listen back to my tracks until after the entire day of recording was done. Now, things worked out in my favor. Like we we got some really great takes. But if I well, when I do it again, I'm going to actually plan some time to sit down and listen back. Because on playback, you just simply hear things better sometimes than when you're actually in the moment performing. And while you have everybody there to change things if needed, that's just a great time to do it. So in my case, like I said, I only listened back after all the recording was done. So I was going to have to bring everybody back for a separate recording session, which is more money, right? So if you can't avoid that, Go ahead and plan better. That was something that I didn't do well that I will do better next time. Also, if you can plan ahead of time the number of takes, that would also be a good thing to do. I knew, for example, that my title track was one of the most challenging tracks out of everything that I was going to record for the day. And And I knew that I would probably have to do multiple takes on that. And that was fine. I I prepared for that. And at the same time, I also got a little carried away and didn't have as much time as I'd hoped for at the end of the day. So as a result, I was forced to simply record one take on two or three songs. 
And again, things worked out for me, but that's just not ideal, I would say. That's not the ideal situation. So I would say plan your day, know your priorities, and hopefully the course of the day will be easier for you. Lesson number five is to keep recording. Maybe you'll get to the middle of a take and you'll hear a mistake. My advice is to keep recording. Don't stop for that mistake. And this is why. Oftentimes, the mistake is not as bad as you may think. It's probably actually better than you imagined it or better than you thought you heard. The second reason is the mistake is probably fixable in post-production. So if you feel like the mistake was a really big mistake, then go ahead and re-record another take if you must, but don't stop in the middle. That's my advice. Now, I didn't say this. uh, I shouldn't assume that you know, but we actually did a live recording. So I used my jazz septet to record, and there was no electronic music involved. So we weren't playing along to a click or anything like that. So we didn't have the luxury of punching in. We just did everything live. Uh, People were isolated. We had the drums isolated in a room. We had the bass isolated in a separate room. The piano was in a live room with us. And the engineer did a great job of capturing the sound of the horn players. So there was very minimal bleed over to the piano. I mean, those guys did an amazing job. Victorian Recording in Barrington Hills, Illinois, if you guys are looking for some great engineers. So anyway... There were some mistakes that I wanted to fix, but I didn't have time to do other takes. And I discovered in the mixing session that, number one, the mistakes were not nearly as bad as I thought they were while we were performing. And number two, because they were minor mistakes, the engineer was able to alter alter uh, what we actually played to make it sound better. So... Uh, I'll give you some examples. For example, you you guys know what technology is capable of now. So uh, there was this one time where time was kind of just slightly not where I thought it was supposed to be. And so the engineer was able to just slide everything in line, a fraction of fraction. We're talking fractions of seconds. Um, and it sounds great. Change the whole the whole feel. So, and they're also able to manipulate pitch, as you guys already know, with all this auto tune that's going on these days on the radio. But I don't, I don't recommend getting deep into that. But my point is that it's available should you need it. So keep recording. That's lesson number five. Lesson number six: Enjoy yourself during the process. And I think that's self-explanatory. But think about this: If you enjoy yourself. As the band leader, as the as a result, everyone else is going to have a greater time. Everybody else involved is going to have a greater time. I've worked under band directors or band leaders, and I, I'm sure you have too, that have just been uptight and almost like dictating every little thing. And nobody works well in those situations. So enjoy the process. Trust in your work. Trust in your planning. Trust in everything that you that you put in place ahead of time so that in the moment you can relax and allow everything to happen that's supposed to happen. Be free. Trust your musicians. Trust your engineer to do the great job that you hired him or her to do. 
And I would also say be physically comfortable in the recording environment. So if you need an extra chair or an extra stool, if you need some water, if you need a stand, if you need a, something as simple as a mic adjustment, go ahead and get that settled so that you can physically be comfortable in the space around you so that you can get the best music that you're supposed to create for that day. So whatever you need to be comfortable, go ahead and make that happen. Lesson number seven, I have some mixing session tips for you. Now, I learned these lessons the hard way because I don't think I really did this. Uh, num- well, I did some of these. Like the first part I'm going to tell you is hire someone that's great. Now, I did that part. I was smart enough to hire someone who was highly skilled in what they do. And next, after you hire someone that's skilled, stay out of their way as much as possible. <laughs> Now, with that being said, of course, uh, your input will be needed because you have a vision for your project overall. But I've learned that engineers don't like musicians sitting over their shoulders saying, what is that? How did you do that? Why are you cutting it there? Why are you doing it this way? How does that work? It's not time for you to get uh, a course in audio recording. (laughs) That's not... That's not what you're there for. So that's what I mean when I say stay out of the engineer's way as much as possible. Something else that I've learned is that it's best to bring a score of the music that you've written. Sometimes things are played or not played the way that you intended them to be in the in the moment. So you need a score just to remind yourself, oh, wait a minute, I didn't hear the line that I'm looking at and I wrote it, and I don't know what happened there. So sometimes it just may be an issue of someone playing too soft, and and that can be fixed in the mixing session. So if it is something that simple, that's a great example of having a score being able to help in the moment. My engineer asked me if I had a score, and I didn't. So that's something I will change in the future. And that brings me to lesson number eight, which is simply hire top-notch engineers period please don't think you can do this yourself okay now on the rare occasion that you are someone with like serious audio recording skills just think about this if you're also the musician that's performing in the session this is just my opinion but i believe that it's it's better to remove yourself from as many parts as possible to free yourself up to be creative the best systems are that they're systems it's it's a situation where one person is not doing everything but they have jobs for individuals this is what makes the systems work so hire top-notch engineers for example the rough mixes of the session were way better than anything I could have done as a as a final project. I I was just I was just like, wow, this is incredible. And I gotta tell you, I have bought some professional gear because in, initially I thought I was gonna record my own project because this this is the thinking that was going on in my head. I was thinking, well, I can buy a rec- a home recording studio. I actually ended up having uh, Logic Pro, which is what I'm using now to talk to you on my MacBook. I bought this really great interface that has eight channels and and uh, it's also it also serves as a mixer. I have some 
pretty decent microphones. But at the end of the day, who's who's going to operate all this equipment if I'm playing trumpet? I mean, I could turn it on and press record, but that's that's not really doing anything worth putting out. And I really wanted my project to be great. I wanted people to be wowed by it. So hire top-notch engineers that know what they're doing. If you want to play for real in the music business, the most important thing is that you sound good. So imagine working hard on your end. Or imagine writing all the music, the hours that it takes to write for an entire album, taking time to plan all of the harmonies and the ranges and the timbres and putting them in the right place. Think about rehearsing, all the rehearsal that's required to play at a high level. And then you you pay money for, for gear or a recording session. Either way, you're going to have to pay money. And then you don't have a great engineer to capture it all. It's almost as if all of the other work was for nothing because it just takes that one weak link, I, I suppose, in that chain of hard work to make everything for nothing. So please don't try to skip corners. Pay for the best engineers. And on that note, I believe that mixing is is a requirement. Mastering is a requirement. And in both cases, you get what you pay for. So just keep that in mind. And that's where planning comes in again. So I guess planning is really important here. So so those are the lessons. Those are some of the lessons that I learned from recording as a band leader. And I'm just going to recap for you real quick in no particular order. Again, lesson number one, plan it to make it real. Put it in the book. Don't procrastinate. Lesson number two, have a backup plan on every level, as many levels as possible. Lesson number three, Surround yourself with musicians that you can trust. Lesson number four, plan your day and know your priorities. Lesson five, keep recording. In other words, play through your mistakes. If you feel you need to correct something, don't stop in the middle of a, of a great take. Have something to add to the alternate takes if you want to do that in the future. Lesson number six, Enjoy yourself during the process. This will this will make sure that your musicians also have a good time. And as a result, you'll have a better sounding recording. Lesson number seven were my mixing session tips for you, which are to bring a score, hire someone that's great at what they do, and stay out of their way as much as possible. And finally, lesson number eight is to hire the top-notch engineers that you can possibly afford to buy consider them another musician in the band this is really important and that's all for today guys thank you so much for pressing play i have some great plans for you in the future but i just can't talk about it right now i have to be disciplined and just wait for them to actually happen but keep pressing play there's some great things coming up for you soon go to behind the note dot com to catch up on some old episodes and we'll catch you in the next one god bless you